Relationships are complicated. Family, friends, love interests. As grateful as we may be for the people in our lives, any time that we get close to someone, we open ourselves up to a little bit of risk. Sometimes the people that you know, love, and trust can turn on you. And sometimes that leads them to do terrible things. My name is Brianne, and I'm the host and creator of Among the Dirt and Trees, a show where we explore true crime cases that occur out in nature. In today's episode, we're going to discuss the 1980 murder of a young woman named Edith McLeroy West, who was found strangled in Sweetwater Pond at the age of 23. Before we jump into Edith's story, I want to share an update to a previous episode. A listener named Christina was nice enough to reach out and let me know that the sentencing was officially carried out for the Buck Nance case. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, go back and check out the two-part episodes on bootlegging. As of last month, these five men were sentenced. Buck Nance, who is now 76, was sentenced to home incarceration with two years of probation. His accomplice, Gary Matthew Ray, was given one year of probation. James Patterson and Huey Nicholson were sentenced to six months of home incarceration apiece and given two years of probation. And finally, Clifton Anderson was sentenced to six months of home confinement, as well as three years of supervised release. I know that these are far from the worst sentences that we hear in true crime, but I think we can all agree that the illegal sale of alcohol just isn't worth it, so definitely don't do it. And huge thank you to Christina for sending this in. Now, for today's case, I decided to go back to my roots a bit. I'm a huge fan of the Discovery Plus app, so I decided to follow up on some classic investigation discovery just to learn that they have an entire show called Swamp Murders. I used to watch investigation discovery for like eight hour intervals in high school and college, so it was a little bit of a throwback for me. I kind of switched to podcasts. But this is what led me to Edith's very disturbing case that would take 30 years before anyone would be brought to justice. I have to say that I really don't agree with the way that this case was framed on the show, so I will be curious to hear what you guys think of this. Let's get into it. Edith's case was first brought to police attention when a few fishermen were wandering out through a local swamp and stumbled across her body. At the time, she was considered a Jane Doe. The only indication of her identity was an earring that she wore, a white dove. The earring was commonly associated with biker gangs. Police didn't have a lot of hope for finding out who she was as they are notoriously tight-lipped. Edith's body had been partially eaten by local wildlife, and she was partially submerged, so the water did a good job of disfiguring her as well. But apparently this was when the FBI had just started getting down fingerprinting, really effectively. Let me just say that the process is probably not what you would expect 
While I assumed that they just, you know, took her fingerprints and sent them off, this actually wasn't the case. Back then, they had to physically cut off her hands and mail them in, basically. So that's certainly something. But her prints turned up an immediate match. It just didn't really make any sense. Edith was found in Louisiana, but according to the records, she was from Alabama. Police had to find out why she was so far from home. They started by contacting her family, who was shocked by the news. Edith had been away from her family for a while. It started in her teen years when she started sneaking out at night. Her parents made the, in my opinion, questionable decision to send her to live with a local pastor at a group home where she was later kicked out. No doubt feeling abandoned by all of the adults in her life, she took off. It seems like she was gone for close to a year, and her parents did nothing about it, which I find pretty concerning given her age. She turned up when she was close to 17 with a grown man named Archie West, who she said was her new boyfriend. Archie was a biker, and Edith had developed an interest in biker culture. She became involved with the Hells Angels. Now, this group has a fairly questionable reputation historically, but it is also weirdly balanced. They have been known to run toy drives and have a reputation for protecting the funerals of those in the LGBT community, as well as veterans from hate groups. Unfortunately, it seems like some Hell's Angels are not interested in doing good. Edith married Archie West at 18, making her Edith McLeroy West, and then she moved to Louisiana, where she became a bartender. Years passed before she returned home. Investigators believed that this decision would ultimately lead to her death, but not in the way that they expected. When she was identified and they began to piece the story together, suspicion obviously fell on the husband that she left behind. There was just one problem. He had been, and at the time, was in prison, so it literally could not have been him. Investigators started looking into other members of Archie's biker gang, but they all had a cover story claiming that Edith crashed with them while waiting for Archie's approval to take her stuff. They said that she stayed with them, then disappeared when they went to work. Police didn't buy it, but they really didn't have anything else to go on. There was no real evidence to link anyone to the crime, and then the entire group disappeared. While this certainly seems suspicious, it wasn't exactly unusual. Biker gangs migrate. It's kind of what they do. 20 years passed. And then something pretty shocking happened. Edith's stepmom received a disturbing call in 2000. The call was a woman who claimed that her sister was the wife of one of the members of the biker gang, and she said that she knew what happened to Edith. 
The woman knew details that no one could have known and said that she couldn't live with the knowledge any longer. Police started to explore a new possibility, that some of the other women in the gang, women who were known to be jealous of Edith for her standing as the group leader's wife, might have been involved with her death in some way. Without Archie's protection, Edith was vulnerable. But police couldn't find the sister. She lived on the road. Then, the police received a call from a lawyer representing a man named Mike Brown, a mechanic who knew Archie's group. The lawyer wasn't just calling because Mike wanted to make a confession. He didn't. He wanted to make a trade. He was being held on some pretty substantial drug charges, and he wanted to make a deal. He claimed that Ricky Brown, who was not related to him, confessed to playing a role in Edith's murder. Police managed to find Vicki Brown, Ricky Brown's wife, the sister from the previous tip. She confirmed that Ricky did play a role in killing Edith, and that Edith was killed for reporting Archie to police and landing him in jail. And then, the story came out. By the time police were getting this information, everyone was dead except for Ricky Brown. And he was apparently haunted by what he and Mike Burnett, another member, did to Edith. The witnesses he confessed to claimed that Edith admitted she turned in Archie. This was a really big problem for the biker gang. Mike and Ricky waited until she fell asleep on the couch drunk while she was staying with them. They stripped her down, tied her hands behind her back, and threw her in the trunk of a car. Ricky said that he thought that they were just going to scare her, but he said Mike insisted that they had to kill her or she would turn them in too. They tied rope around her neck and tied a cinder block to the other end of it, then threw her in the pond. She kept trying to escape. Ultimately, Ricky claims that Mike forced her underwater until she drowned, and then they left her behind. In 2012, Ricky Brown was convicted for her murder. He was given life without parole, and he will die in prison for his crimes, which I think we can all agree is the bare minimum of what he deserves. It took 30 years, but Edith received a small piece of justice in the end. So, if you want to discuss the dangers of dating, strained relationships with family, or cold cases that are solved decades later, feel free to contact me on Twitter or Instagram using the tag at datpod. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.